Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. All right, so yes, as usual, you don't know what I'm going to tell you about. Today. I have not a clue, so we're going to get into some stuff. I'm your captive audience. Yep. All right, today we're going back to Texas. Texas. Yeah. Good old Tejas. It's a. Uh, I think it's kind of funny how we cover things all across the globe. Yes. But it seems like a few areas seem to have a lot of folklore to talk about. You know, yeah, interesting. Southern Illinois, it seems like we hang around a lot. We do. Uh, Texas has been kind of popular. Yeah, it's been topics. Uh huh. Um, Yeah, I don't know what that says. A lot of um, we can even like Virginia-ish areas that are right around there. West Mm -hmm. Virginia-ish, Ohio-y. It's been a few things over there too. Yeah, but yeah, Texas. We we've come back to there. We've been there a few times. Yeah, not like we're trying to though. No, right. I don't know how that happens. Destiny. Speaking of destiny, oh, ooh. let's manifest one. Oh, no, <laughs> oh, boo! All right, okay, all, all right. right. Here we go. Well, let's dive in. Manifest yeah. destiny. Yeah, fun stuff. Westward expansion. Oh, brother! The U.S. in the early 1800s was buying up land. Buying. Well, we bought some. Okay, we took some. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We bought some though. That's true. Due to some losses, a uh, certain Napoleon was trying to sell some land to mitigate problems, we'll say. <laughs> I like <Without> this. <laughs> I like the summation of history. That's incredible. Yeah. That's the summation that's, of the Napoleonic Wars. Yeah, that's the uh, simple <laughs> simple version. He had some problems. Yeah, he was trying to mitigate some problems. So uh, President Thomas Jefferson oversaw the acquisition of a large chunk of land in what is commonly referred to now as the Louisiana Purchase. Perfect. So looking at the Louisiana Purchase, it's been a little while since I'd seen it. Sure. The state of Louisiana is like the smallest part of that purchase. It's so tiny. It's like not even the entire state of Louisiana. It's amazing how much like the value of land or like it's a lot of space. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it was a ton. It went from Louisiana to Canada. Can you imagine? Like everything, like it was west of the Mississippi and it followed the Mississippi River up into like Saskatchewan. It's almost like Napoleon really had to mitigate some problems. He had some problems. <laughs> he was uh, trying to get rid of. Yeah. And he needed some money, some quick cash. <laughs> yeah. He kind of liquidate his assets. Yep. Get out of here. When the purchase was made, though, American authorities had tried to make Texas part of the purchase. Purchase. After negotiations with New Spain, uh, who was currently embroiled in a revolution of sorts. Oh, man. Uh, the border was set at the Sabine River, which is now the modern-day border of Louisiana and Texas. 
Perfect. So that was the the border. Gotcha. Um, but we wanted more. Of course, we did. So, certain groups of individuals refused to acknowledge that border. Weird. And would sometimes lead raids into the Spanish territory, or would attempt to settle those lands. Surprising. Yeah, the, I mean, manifest destiny. It's a huge shocker, right. Just the, uh, go for it. Yeah. Um, in 1821, Mexico won their independence from New Spain. That was the uh, the revolution I was talking about. Nice. Good job. Yeah. Good job, Mexico. Mm-hmm. So then Mexico took control of Texas in the form of the state, which became known as Coahuila y Tejas. Ah. Mm-hmm. So while all of this was going on, the Comanche tribe of Native Americans yes. uh, were constantly raiding the people that lived in Texas. <laughs> Yeah, because they're kind of like, uh, guys, these are like these two bordering countries here, but like we got a nation right here. Yeah, and uh, the Comanche were like notoriously brutal. They're not going to mess around. From what I believe. I didn't look too much into the Comanche. That's not what we're talking about today. Sure. You know, that's, oh, I things get it. wander around. Oh, I get it. Yeah, but uh, they they were not happy to have all these people showing up. So... Hoping to increase the population of Texas, the Mexico uh, state of Mexico opened up its immigration policy and allowed empresarios, they called them, which would recruit settlers to colonize areas. Uh, Stephen F. Austin was the first such person. Intriguing. You know, the Texas rattlesnake. Guest. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the Texas rattlesnake. A different Steve Austin. Does the S? You said Stephen S. It's 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 a Stephen with a S T E P H E N. But his middle initial F. was was S. F is oh, in Frogman. Sorry. I th- okay, Stephen Frogman Austin. Yeah. <laughs> what a different world that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been Austin three sixteen says I'm gonna hop your ass. <laughs> what? Uh huh. Why? Why? Please don't. <laughs> don't. So. At this point, Mexico and the U.S. border is kind of all over the place. People surging in the Sabine River to the Rio Grande, uh, that becomes... Hold on, I mixed up my, my phrasing on this. You're fine. So at this point, the Mexico and U.S. border is all over the place. Sure. So many people surging in the Sabine River to the Rio Grande becomes home to all sorts of people seeking land. And most of these people are considered less fortunate. All right. Um, the Sabine River to the Rio Grande kind of becomes known as no man's land. Okay. Um, but these less fortunates, we'll just continue calling them. Okay. Uh, ended up in Texas because it's cheaper. I mean, you're constantly getting raided by Comanches, so right. people don't really... It's not highly sought after. No. Um, Might be able to save a little bit in the cash if you want to settle in this contested area. It lacked the comforts of other areas of the U.S. or Mexico. So there's just, like, nothing around. Yeah. A uh, Texas settler named David B. Edwards was quoted saying that... Uh, 
Texans were banished from the pleasure of life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Holy shit. So uh, he must have moved there then kind of been like, I maybe regret this. Welp. Poor choice. Yeah. Can uh, I have a refund, please? mm, No, you mm. can't. If you can get away from the Comanches, sure. Yeah, good luck. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Was it the pleasure of life? Yeah, they were... uh, They were banished from the pleasure of life. So, you know, it sounds like a great place to live. Sounds very... He's really selling it. Yeah, he's really... I I hope he's not an empresario. No, yeah, he's not. I don't think he's a real estate agent selling these these properties. Right. Seems like a counter agent. Yeah, he's not not exactly uh, motivating people. No, he's... He's telling too many truth, it seems. Being a little too real. Mm-hmm. So in a place that is very real, uh, where people are poor and desperate, what tends to happen? Yeah. Well, I mean... A lot of people uh, turn to a life of crime. I was going to say crime. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of crime. Mm-hmm. Bandits. Desperados. Fuck. Outlaws. Texas was the place to be. Oh, God damn. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yep. These fucking guys. Cattle rustling was a huge problem. And cattle and horses at the time were more valuable than gold. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. Horse thieves were a huge problem as well. Well, as well as cattle. So, you know, those are both important. Right. They kind of go hand in hand almost. Uh, with the Comanches and outlaws all raping, pillaging, killing, stealing, everyone was terrified. Yep. 1835 rolls around. Okay. That's the start of the Texas Revolution. There's a lot of revolutions happening around this time period. It was a, you know, the, I feel like this portion of time was really just kind of glanced over when I was in school. Absolutely. You get no, you have no, they don't give you a concept of how just batshit insane it was and how like the status quo kept changing. Yeah, I was talking. Nothing was the same. I was talking with a friend about this yesterday uh, that I was like researching this portion of history and he's a pretty smart guy and like me and him were just kind of going back and forth and he's like, I don't remember any of this. Yeah, we were never told this. Yeah, just kind of like, well, it happened. Move along. Yeah, just continue just. Right, and like the Spanish-American, any any wars we fight with Spain or Mexico, just like, oh, now it's Texas, oh, the Alamo, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, what else is going on, though? What else happened before that? Right. During. Huh. Yeah, so Texas began fighting for its freedom from Mexico, because Mex- Texas was originally Mexican. Right. So, that's fun. Oh, of course it was. Yeah. Yeah, what, oh, did the white people come and try it? Never mind. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh, okay. So... Mexican president Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana, which is a a name that you should know from history. Right. Uh, he declared the Texas rebels pirates. Oh, brother. And were to be given no quarter. So, like you just mentioned, remember the Alamo? Ah, oh, God, I did. I literally did. Yep. <laughs> it's like the one thing you're told to remember. Yep. It's still sticking strong in my brain. It was a 13-day <laughs> siege that took the lives of frontier legends... Davy Crockett and James Jim Bowie. I think he had a knife. He was known for a knife. Interesting, I believe. Uh, so that battle was kind of ridiculous. Okay, it was 
1,800 to 2,000 plus Mexicans. Okay. Versus at most 250 Texas rebels. It's just it's just embedded in their DNA. Yeah. These Texans. Uh, the day of the final battle, the Mexican army lost around 600 men when they made the final attack, and supposedly Davy Crockett's body was found encircled by 16 dead Mexican soldiers. Well, there's a good legend for you. There's a good legend. It's a great one. And you know, when I was a kid, some of my favorite movies were like those old 50s Davy Crockett sure. movies. yes. I want to rewatch those because I bet they're just insane. Yeah, especially... Because oh they're, right. they're like 1950s Disney movies, so I don't know what to expect. Well, just just know... <laughs> that's like the generation of films that like canonize the American cowboy. Right. So like he's a superhero. He's gonna be doing all sorts of crazy shit. Right. And I just remember when I was a kid, those were some of my favorites. Like I got a coonskin cap because of that. I also had one for yeah. similar reasons. Yeah, because they're cool. They they are very cool. Uh but yeah, so that's that's part of the the legend of him was sixteen dead and just imagine the fight well, I am. And reading on the Battle of the Alamo, it's insane because like they were Crockett's men. Crockett was also a senator, a U.S. senator at one point. Can you imagine a senator doing that now? No, these guys are not. No, <laughs> different cut. Yes, different cut of men. Um, but yeah, so like he led a group that was known, and like most of the people in the Alamo were told to stop firing to conserve ammunition for like when the push came yeah but crockett's men were just like so good they were just like yeah you guys just keep doing you (laughs) (laughs) you guys are all right yeah you're just still you're landing shots so we don't want you to waste ammunition but you're not wasting it so continue yeah so like that was a thing and yeah it became i mean there's a chapel in the alamo and that was kind of like the last stand of last stands the last stand at the chapel within the alamo yeah holy shit you can't write stuff like this no. So that's one of the more famous battles from the Texas Revolution, though. And, uh, I mean, there's a whole lot to get into with that. And we're going to get into a little bit more of it you know, still Good. here. I'm glad. Good. So there are battles happening all over Texas. Okay. Rebel, rebel soldiers being captured and taken into a town called Goliad. All right. So President Santa Ana... He was president of Mexico. Of course. And he led the battle. That's a commander. Or the, uh, took command. That's a commander in chief. Yep. And he sent word to the officer in charge of the fort uh, in Goliad, where all these prisoners were being taken. Mm-hmm. And he uh, kind of reminded them that those men are pirates and were to be dealt with as such. Oh, I don't, I wonder, I wonder if you're going to tell me what that means. Uh, the office, the commanding officer of the area and the fort was Jose Urea, and he had written in his diary that he wished to elude those orders as far as possible without compromising my personal responsibility. Uh, apparently he had pleaded with the Mexican president for clemency for the rebels. Uh-oh. The next day was Palm Sunday, March 27th, 1836. Port- 
Attila had between 425 and 444, 445, I don't know why I got four in there, Ooh. but, so this is weird, this is a weird thing to me. Okay. So, Texans. Yes. Are people from Texas. Correct. In all the history stuff that I was reading, when it was its own state. Yes. It is pronounced T-E-X-I-A-N-S. Texians? 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 I don't don't know. It's weird to me. So I'm just going to continue saying Texans. Texians. I mean, that... But that was, that's how it was spelled in everything. I wonder, did they... Did, would they pronounce that X like an X, maybe? Tahians? Tahians? That's what, more what I was thinking, because it's still kind of transitioning from Mexico to... And then once they just embrace full-on English, that's X. That X is a fucking X. So then it's Texas, and now we're Texans. But Tejas, Tahians, I mean, that's how... Maybe. But I'm just going to call them Texans. Texans for, is good. For ease of... Retroactively, they become that, so it's yeah. fine. So uh, 425 to 445 tex- Texans marched out of Fort Defiance in three columns on the Bexar Road, San Patricio Road, and the Victoria Road between two rows of Mexican soldiers. They were shot point blank. Oh. Wounded survivors were clubbed and knifed to death. Oh, man, just because just they didn't take that bullet good enough? Forty Texans were unable to walk. Thirty-nine were killed inside the fort under the direction of Captain Carolina Huerta of the Trace Villas Battalion with the Colonel Garay saving one, Jack Shackelford. So he was he was left alive. Got it. Fannin, he was the commander of the fort when it was held by the Texas rebels. He was the last to be executed. After seeing his men killed, at age 32, he was taken by Mexican soldiers to the courtyard in front of the chapel, blindfolded, seated in a chair due to his leg wound from the battle, where he made three requests. These requests were that his personal possessions be sent to his family. He wished to be shot in the heart and not in the face, and he was wished to be given a Christian burial. The Mexican soldiers took his belongings, shot him in the face, and burdened his body along with those of the other Texans who died that day. Oh, my God. Hey, s- surprise, it's opposite day. <laughs> ah! Fucking brutal. After after those executions, the Texans' bodies were piled and burned. Their charred remains were left in the open, unburied, and exposed to vultures and coyotes. Take a look, everybody. This is what we do to pirates. Yeah. General Thomas J. Rusk found the remains of the massacre victims in June of 1836 and gave orders for a formal military burial. The remains were interred at the location southeast of Presidio La Bahia, where modern-day Fannin Memorial Monument now stands. So pretty intense. Wow. Didn't teach me about that in uh, <laughs> in like high school history. Now I left that out. Yeah. They act just straight-up massacred 400-plus. I, I don't know if I ever told you this. I don't like what humans are capable of sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. we really will just say, go for it. Okay, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, So that was the case for what happened for the men at the Alamo, too. Most of them died fighting. All of them. There was supposedly maybe five that's tried to surrender. Oh, guys, you just got to go out. And that, well, it doesn't, we don't know when that kind of 
happened okay. or if it even did. It's like, okay. like some of the Mexicans, like maybe false flag type stuff. I don't know what you want to call it. Sure. Uh, said that people try to surrender, but. Right, just lies. Yeah. So, but that's what happened with anybody that did that. And they burned all the bodies in a, in a mass pile at the Alamo too. So, well. So after some um, bloody stuff, Texas eventually won its independence from Mexico and became the Republic of Texas, where, where we get the uh, Texians or Tahians. Yeah. So eventually the Republic of Texas becomes annexed by the U.S. in 1846. Welcome aboard. Yeah. Even after all the war and turmoil... Outlaws were still everywhere, and Comanche raids still occurred. Texas was still a hard place. (laughs) Yeah. The people there were a hard people. So what would scare the living hell out of these tough Texans? I don't like this. (laughs) I don't like this buildup at all. What would scare these (laughs) rough and tough Texans? I mean, it's crazy. These guys are, they're seeing some shit. They're made of, I mean, they're made of stone. They're battle-hardened, ready for anything. People valued their lives a lot differently back then. Even just Santa Ana, the fact he's president and leading the charge. Like, everybody was going for it. Yeah. Death or glory. Duh, death or glory. Mm-hmm. God, Texas is like America. Hey, you guys like freedom? Like, yeah, do you, yeah, we like freedom a lot. All right. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, are we... We're real free down here. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can basically do whatever you want. Yeah, everybody's just running around raping, pillaging. Oh, those are the people that we want out of here. Never mind. Oh. Hmm. Huh. Well, maybe. Still lots of freedom, though. Lots of freedom. Yeah, just un- yeah. unchecked freedom. Bad guys everywhere. <laughs> yeah, bad guys. But yeah, so what scares these people? That's a good question. El Muerto. What's that? The Headless Horseman. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, no. El Muerto was a headless horseman that has been seen roaming southern Texas's countryside. Huh. I'm going to have a little drink to the headless horseman for a second. Uh-huh. People have shot at it out of terror, only have a turn, and run off. The head strapped to the side of the saddle with its sombrero donned, swinging back and forth to the sway of the horse's gallop, just kind of jogs off Yeah. after being shot a bunch of times. What a good look. Yeah. The headless horseman is often seen in remote areas, leaving those that come across it <laughs> absolutely terrified. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Yes. So, and... Many of those people say that it was associated with evil and a good amount of misfortune in there as well. Yeah, he's definitely not a positive omen. What if you saw the horseman like good things started happening? What a fucked up message would that be? That would be interesting. I saw the hell's horseman. I just got a raise. I got a I won the lottery. <laughs> Crazy. I just got this new car for really cheap. Yeah. Huh. Wow, thanks, headless horseman. Galloping away with your head. Yeah, the head Attached just kind of wearing a sombrero. 
Just rides off. Just the horse galloping away. You know, I... Ichabob Crane. I don't know when that story was created. I don't know. But it's... Yeah, it's... Isn't that an Eastern thing? Yeah, that's like... Uh, like New England. I was going to say, yeah. So... But Anyways, hey. but this is a different guy. Yeah, cool. I can't wait to meet this Texas Headless Horseman. This guy's name's El Muerto. El Muerto. That just means the death. That's what I thought. Or the you, dead. When you said El Morton, I'm like, oh, he's like the death or something. They're like, he's a headless horseman in Texas. Like, all right, <laughs> never mind. I don't know anything that's happening right now. Nope. Well, what if I could say that, uh, what if I told you some of these terrified people were absolutely 100% correct in seeing a headless horseman? And I can tell you why I know they were absolutely right. All right. I'm looking forward to all these answers. See, it may have been a little lesson in frontier justice that landed a horseman seemingly with no head roaming about. Okay. Mm-hmm. So recall how I just went through a lot of Texas history Yeah. to explain how a lot of Texas is just full of bandits and outlaws? Yes. Well, with the surgeon outlaws and Comanche and... General Ne'er-do-wells. Yes. Stephen Austin, the first colonizer of uh, Texas, well, he founded a little organization that is known as the Texas Rangers. Yes. And we have talked about them a little bit in prior episodes. We have. Uh-huh. So back when the when Texas and the Rangers were pretty new, they were known for protecting the people of Texas. They were a roving posse of experts expert gunmen who are not to be messed with following their adversaries everywhere they lived out of the saddle and often dispensed justice brutally texas justice texas justice oh man uh the rangers were often the first line of protection or retaliation uh to comanche raids or they would be the ones to ride out to get justice for the atrocities some bandits had done. The atrocities that these bandits or Comanche w- would commit were often uh, pretty terrible, you know. Mm-hmm. And to frontiers people living on their own that couldn't defend themselves, things were pretty gruesome. I mean, so helpless. So sometimes rangers would uh, try to outdo them. To send a little message back. Cool. Speak their language. Yeah. So let me tell you a little tale about a bandit named simply just Vidal. All right. Tell me about Vidal. Vidal was uh, busy rustling cattle all over South Texas. And soon he had a high price on his head. <sighs> Dead or alive. Makes sense. Wrestling cattle, man, what a jerk move. So, you know, like I said earlier, that shit is worth just... Especially people got cows. You your, People's lives depended on all of that stuff. You gallop by this cow, you're like, hey, you know what, maybe I want this cow. Well, there you go. Yeah, so in 1950, or sorry. That's all right. 1850. Yes. Uh, during that summer, Vidal took advantage of a Comanche raid which pulled most of the men northward to fight off the attack. In the meantime, the sparse settlements were temporarily left unguarded. Vidal, along with three of his henchmen, 
I like that this is actually like a guy that has henchmen. Yeah, he's a fucking baller. Yeah. He's a leader. Mm-hmm. So they wasted no time in taking advantage of that situation, you know, the Comanche raid and everybody being gone. And he gathered up a considerable number of horses on the San Antonio River heading southwest toward Mexico. What Vidal didn't know was that among the stolen herd were several prized Mustangs belonging to Texas Ranger Creed Taylor. Nope. Taylor was usually one of the first to defend settlements against Indian attacks. This time, he had not gone after the Comanche. Wow, he took a oh, he took a day off. Yeah, maybe he's just sleeping in or something. I don't know. Right. He's like, yeah, not today. Yeah. No. But Creed's ranch lay west of San Antonio, in the thickest of bandit territory, not far from the headwaters of the Nueces River. Nueces. I don't know how to say that. Uh, but due to the location of the ranch, Taylor's livestock and horses were often the targets of the the many bandits. Taylor had enough and quickly gathered fellow ranger Bigfoot Wallace good, and a nearby rancher by the name of Flores. Both Wallace and Taylor were as skilled as any Comanche when tracking, and the three men shortly found the trail of Vidal and his henchmen. I imagine all the horses probably helped that too, though. Yeah, like, oh, look, a lot of animals came through here. <laughs> Let's just follow these. But it's cooler if he's just tracking people. Right. It's like, oh. Not only are these horses, but I think there's people with them. Mm-hmm. We're on the right trail. When the three men found the outlaw camp, they waited until night when the bandits were sleeping to attack. Catching them unaware, the thieves were killed. But just killing them was not enough. Of course not. Taylor and Wallace wanted to set an example that would deter future bandits. Okay. So, like, like we mentioned earlier, in those days, stealing cattle and horses was a crime more serious than murder. Which is... It's just pretty crazy. Different world. But the, like I mentioned earlier, uh, the Rangers had tight, kind of tried to outdo some of these people to send a message. And they had tried all types of brutal justice, including stringing them up in trees and left hanging, shooting them, chopping them into pieces, leaving their bodies as animal bait. But outlaws just kept <laughs> persisting. Uh huh. So this time. In a dramatic example of frontier justice, Wallace beheaded Vidal, then lashed him firmly into a saddle on the back of a wild Mustang. No, he didn't. Tying the outlaw's hands to the pommel and securing the torso to hold him upright. Oh my God, no. (laughs) I'm listening. Bigfoot, then it... Bigfoot. (laughs) Yeah, Bigfoot. Then attached Vidal's head and sombrero to the saddle with a long strip of rawhide. He then turned the bucking horse loose to wander the Texas hills with its terrible burden. Yeah, it is a burden. This poor fucking horse. Yeah, right? <laughs> he's just stuck with his corpse on him. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And then he's just like eating grass with his dead body straddled to his back. Yep. And he's like, well, I guess this is me now. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. As time went on, more and more cowboys spotted the dark horse oh my with its God. fearsome cargo. Oh, my God. And not knowing what it was, they would shoot at it. Ah, <laughs> no. And riddle it with bullets. This poor horse. But the horse and its rider rode on. And the legend of El Muerto, the headless one, began. 
Soon the South Texas brush country became a place to avoid as El Muerto was credited, like I said earlier, with all sorts of evil and misfortune. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. This horse is just riddled with bullets. They didn't kill it. If they shot him, it just didn't kill him. He's got bullets in him. Well, I don't think they're shooting the horse. I think they're shooting the the headless man that seems True. to be riding the horse. True. But I right, exactly. I figured that's the target. But I mean the horse has got to take a few hits. But the point then is this corpse is just rotting as the days go by. Uh-huh. And great. Yeah, so cool. Some accounts that I read said that it had been years. Others just said months. But you know. I have to imagine months at most, just because of how then again, it's dry air. Right. Maybe it was some sort of mummification occurred where it just desiccated the corpse and it's just like dry. Right. Just kind of shrivels and stays together. And like, what's he wearing? Like, was he wearing like leather and shit or like durable fabrics of any kind? Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> but uh, either way, months or years pass. Not entirely sure. But eventually a posse of local ranchers captures the wild pony at a watering hole near the tiny community of Ben Bolt, just south of Alice, Texas. Still strapped firmly on its back was the dried-up corpse of Vidal, now riddled with scores of bullet holes, <laughs> as well as Indian arrows. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah. And you know, you know how terrifying that would be, because... You would shoot it, which would obviously scare the shit out of the horse. Right, he just and run. it's gonna run, and yes. it's you're like, well, I just shot that dude, and then he just rode off. He doesn't have a head. Yeah, but then you see the head kind of swinging. It answers all your questions. Like, like, oh, yeah, it answers and then gives you more questions. Like, where's his head? There it is. Wait, why is he alive? Oh my god, he's moving. Yeah, and it looks like he's riding it because the way that this ranger strapped him into the saddle. Oh, like, you know, you know, they knew how to tie good knots. Mm-hmm. He's just tied in there. And the arrows and the bullets. Yeah, but uh, so eventually it was caught. Yeah, because they're like, all right, we got to stop this. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's like, okay. The body was buried in an unmarked grave near Ben Bolt, and the horse was free at last. Yeah, I'm imagining this from the horse's perspective. Why? It smells so bad. Why is this rotting? And then, you know, like vultures and sh- buzzards are like probably circling this horse. And he's like, I'm very much alive. Mm-hmm. Why are you harassing me? Yeah. Oh my God! What? So you would think that would be the end of the the headless horseman sightings in southern Texas. You'd think, but some people still report seeing the apparition of a headless man riding a stallion in the countryside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know it's not a traumatic death. Being beheaded and strapped to a horse. Yeah, it's totally normal, totally fine. If spirits exist and can be tethered to the earth in some fashion, I'm sure that wouldn't have anything to do with it. Right. But yeah, that is the tale of El Muerto and where it originated from. Well, I live in that world now. So there there was legitimately a headless horseman riding around Texas. Jesus. For maybe years. People still see him, supposedly, so, you know, it's possible that uh, it became a ghost. I don't know. I don't know, but I would... Hmm. I mean, that seems like a hard thing to recreate. Or not, depending on your motivations, I guess. Oh, man, I don't... Fuck, this just sounds like some like deep cartel shit. Who does... Headless horsemen? What if there was a bunch of them? Like, it could have been. Go, I mean, f- go free. It could have been of... 
I mean, maybe the Rangers kept doing it. They're like, well, it seemed to work on that guy. And I love, I love his buddies. And I love the idea of people trying to piece it together. Like, no, it's got to be like a spirit or something. Like, nobody would cut off a guy's head, tether his body to a horse, and who? What kind of psycho does that? Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a Texas Ranger being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we did. Yeah. So he uh, created a a legend for sure, possibly a ghost. I'm no scientist, so I can't say if it's it true a ghost or not. That's true, because that is science science stuff right very much so you know you don't yeah you didn't take those studies in school no you didn't get that doctorate in science mm-hmm. so yeah bandits and uh comanche and all sorts of people were just terrified of this the headless horseman well that's no. i mean that's a perfect story i don't know how you feel about that but that's oh i thought it was fantastic it's, it's uh, i mean that's why when i stumbled across it like, well it's there's not a whole lot to the legend itself when you really get down to it because it's like well this ranger got sick of people and just right. decided to be fucking brutal no but the the context matters because texas was a wild place texas was brutal <sighs> and that's why i gotta put it in perspective for you yeah because otherwise it's like well this guy's a maniac it's, wow but you know he it's was like, right they're all maniacs basically yeah right <laughs> yeah we're the good guys yeah yeah. Okay. Well, that was incredible. So, yeah, that's the thing. That was an enjoyable ride. I thought. <laughs> yeah. I had fun with that one. That is an enjoyable ride. We had one. That guy didn't. Or that poor horse. Yeah. Here, look at this picture. Okay. Apparently, this was in the uh, the paper back in the today or something like that. Is that a drawing? Yeah. Oh my God, the poncho and this poor that horse would not look that proud. He'd know. be so sad. Yeah. Like, why do I smell? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And that horse like tries to hook up with a girl horse, and she's like, "I don't know what you have going on here." Mm-hmm. He's like, "No, but like, I know it's been a it's been a year and a half or so." I, this, I mean, just ignore the corpse on my back. <laughs> this I'm <laughs> a I'm a good I'm a good guy. Yeah. It's just, do you want to scare people? Would that be a fun date? She's like, "No." Yeah. Well. uh don't want any part of this. No part of that. No pass. A good amount of the uh, that tale that I read there at the end was from Legends of America. Perfect. A fun little website to visit. I'm sure it's a real joy. Yeah. So apparently one of the sightings that happened later in the... Uh, yes. 1900s at some point. What said that a headless man rode by... On a large gray stallion just screaming, it's mine, it's all mine. <laughs> and I guess that scared the shit out of them. Yep. Yeah. But yep. Uh, there's other sightings. Yeah, they just continue. So, if you're down in Texas, and you see a headless horseman, and you wonder why he's not in New England, that's why. Yeah, that's There, ex- there you go, right there. It's a very Texas story. Mm-hmm. With... Strong Texas ties because it's all Texas, all Texas wrapped up into one. If you could sum up Texas with one story, I'd pick that one. Yep. Welcome to Texas. This happened. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the land land of brutal justice? Yeah, it'd be a good license plate. Yeah, the, why isn't the, it called yeah, that? <laughs> the Lone Star State. No, brutal justice. The home of brutal justice. Yeah. Well, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption again, too. Again, so 
That's another reason I got into this. Yes, like, it's all like, encompassing oh. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, all right, here we go. Because I kind of started this, I was like, well, let's see what, what we got for, like, Old West stories. And like, oh, it was insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. <laughs> just figuring out, just a bunch of guys figuring out as we go, just going for it. Just winging it. Yeah, just winging it. Throwing caution to the wind and to the Comanches and to this no man's land yeah. and to, to Mexican armies. Yeah, just all around brutal. Everything about that whole story was brutal. Humans, man, what are we doing? What do we do to each other? Crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, that was badass. And, yeah, it was fun. And if you're badass, you can find us on the social medias because that's what a badass would do. That is. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. It's almost as badass as cutting off a man's head and strapping him to a horse and sending that horse sending him to, to, ride. to ride off into the sunset and live a merry life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're in feared. You know, at gmail.com is the email, but we're on all those social medias. On the Patreon, get in touch, support us. We're there. Sure are. Be here, be known, and stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky.